listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Welcome into Windy City Slam. My name is Chris Lanuti. Mike Pankow sitting across from me down here at the Nine Foot Homemade Oak Bar in my basement on the south side of Chicago, wrestling Chicago style. It's Windy City Slam. Michael, how are you today? I am doing great. Uh, Looking forward to the holiday. Uh, We have a guest lined up next week, which we'll get to toward the end of the show. We're hoping to have another guest the week after that. I've been busy trying to book some guests, so very, very excited. Busy trying to book some guests. Yes. I like this. I like when you're working. Good for you. Working hard. Yeah. Somebody has to be. I I basically (laughs) took the entire weekend off. You know, Windy City Slam is part of the entire broadcast basement on-demand radio network. It's got the EP podcast, which covers Evergreen Park, Sox in the Basement, the number one White Sox podcast in all the land, and also has a couple of other shows, Me and the Priest, Bucks in the Basement, a Pirates podcast out of Pittsburgh, and I basically just let everybody down over the last four or five days while I ate turkey and laid in a coma. I was like, I need a break. So I'm back to work today, but I needed a break. Like, I never told anybody we weren't doing shows over the weekend, but we didn't do any shows over the weekend. I was exhausted. So how was Turkey Day? Did you eat enough? Uh, yeah, I'm not a big turkey guy. I mean, I had my uh, annual uh, fill of it and, you know, obviously a bunch of other stuff, too. Right. So. I think I ate like one meal that day. That was a Thanksgiving meal. I maybe had a slight snack before bed. So yeah, that's how usually Thanksgiving goes for me. I, I smoked a turkey. So eight hours of just standing outside, uh, boozing it up, pretending like I needed to be there every second so I could avoid the rest of the family. And uh, I have uh, smoked turkey leftovers, which I ate for like two straight days. I finally took a break yesterday and I can't wait to get back up there today. Put a little barbecue sauce on that, put it in between some white bread. You know, Kansas City style. Nice. Yeah, good stuff. All right, so what do we got going on here today on Windy City Slam? I know a lot of times we keep AEW to the end. Let's let's bring them out first this week. Let's get AEW on good first. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things uh, I want to touch upon. Uh, last week, um, Taz comes out and does this uh, scathing kind of work shoot type promo. So basically, I'll set it up a little bit. It was after the match between Powerhouse Hobbs, who's Taz's newest recruit to Team Taz. So it's basically Powerhouse Hobbs, uh, Ricky Starks, and the big man, Brian Cage, as the three members of Team Taz, as the guys he manages in AEW. He defeats Lee Johnson in the match. Taz comes out, microphone in hand, FTW championship belt in hand. Now, the FTW championship, for those who may not have followed uh, ECW back in the day was a championship Taz created back in that company, uh, pre-WWE ECW. This was the original ECW. Taz basically crowned himself a champion and a belt made and you know, defended it in ECW. That's what I would have done. Like if I was a wrestler, I would have, I would have just made my own belt. I might make my own belt here. That's a good idea. I might start my own belt down here. It, it, you might have that by next week. That's brilliant. Yeah, give it to Trevor Outlaw for being the most downloaded podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, is he still the most downloaded? I'm going to have to look that up. Check you keep talking. Trev- I'm going to look it up. Check and see what Trevor Blanchard did last I'm week. I'm going to take a look at it. You keep going, though. <laughs> okay. Um, basically, Taz comes out with the belt. 
starts berating AEW brass like Tony Khan and the executives in the back, demanding somebody come out. He wants more respect on the title. He wants it legitimized. He doesn't believe AEW is giving it proper respect. They're not recognizing the championship. He wants his guy, Brian Cage, and his belt to be recognized. So Taz um, rips him. Uh, Tony Schiavone comes on and says, uh, Keith Mitchell says, uh, to, told, told them to cut Taz's mic, which they did on two occasions. Taz gets further pissed off. Cody, Cody Rhodes finally comes out with his headset on as he does a lot of uh, backstage stuff during the shows too. They start chatting. Cody's like, are you done? Are we finished? And then, um, you know, it seems like the situation got calmed down. Cody turns around. Taz jumps on Cody, chokes him out with the Taz mission. Taz stands high in the ring. But then Cody kind of recovers a little bit. And before he leaves, he goes and basically says, I'm training your son, Hook, at the Nightmare Factory, and you're not. And Taz, all of a sudden, comes up to Cody and starts like, you didn't just go there, brother. Really? Yeah, and he's like all upset. So we've got something. We, it's, it, this seems like a really good storyline. Yeah. I like this. I think it's ripped straight out of Cobra Kai when you think about it. If you watch Cobra they are, Kai. They're stealing from Cobra Kai. Yeah. You nailed that one. Yeah. All right, let's find out who is the current belt holder for the most downloaded episode of Windy City Slam requested by my friend here, Mike Pankow. It is no longer Trevor Outlaw. Oh. Now in the lead. Jimmy Blaze. Jimmy Blaze soars back in front. Has the uh, the belt <laughs> for most downloaded episode of Windy City Slam yes. in the history of Windy City Slam. Congratulations, Good psychotic Jimmy. Jimmy Blaze. Yeah, psychotic Jimmy Powell Blaze. Entertainment takes the uh, lead. Windy City wrestling guy. Yeah. Big thumbs up there. Trevor's so. going to have to shoot himself in the balls one more time with some sort of device. Outlaw, not Blanchard. We got to make sure which Trevor. No, no, we're no. Talking but Trevor about. Outlaw was two. Trevor Outlaw is sitting two. He's still number and, two. And he's number two. It yep. was Jimmy Blaze jumped in front of him. So, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you noticed on Twitter within the last week or so, but uh, Trevor Outlaw is now clean shaven. He looks like a total baby face. I'm like, man. When did he, this happen? Yeah, you look totally different now, did my we turn him? Tra- did we turn him baby face? Uh, I doubt if he's Is that baby- what happened? I doubt if he's baby face. I don't know. He he's all shaven? Like a baby face, though. Maybe, maybe, maybe he had to go home for the holidays, and his mommy was like, <laughs> shave your face. You look like a scumbag. Maybe that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I think he looks better with the beard. It's better with the character. Right, so. right. <laughs> Grow that sucker back, Trevor Outlaw. <laughs> Somebody made a mistake while he was shaving in the dark or something like that. <laughs> Trimmed it a little bit too badly and then had to go out there and trim the whole thing off. Yeah, wow. he's, probably, he's probably listening, calling us derelicts he's right a, now. He's a so. comedy of errors, that yeah. guy. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Trevor. We're just derelicts. No, we're, no, we're I'm, going I'm not apologizing. Show. I'm not apologizing in any way. <laughs> Mike apologizes. I don't. Anyway, what else we got going on? All right, back to AEW. Uh Moving on from uh, Team Taz, which is a great storyline, and uh, I can't wait to see what else comes out of it. Uh, this week is a special episode of Dynamite on TNT, Wednesday night. It's Winter is Coming, and John Moxley will be making his next AEW Championship defense, and he faces Kenny Omega. Very exciting match. They had a match last year at AEW Full Gear, a little over a year ago. It was a hardcore match. They use all kinds of implements. There was blood and guts everywhere. Um, this time around, Kenny Omega insists that they keep it clean. Now, Kenny's acting a little cocky lately, 
and he wants to get back to being the best bout machine. He wants to get back to being the cleaner. Uh, he's broken it off with Adam Hangman Page, where they were tag team champions for a long time in AEW. He's focusing on a singles career. Is this where they possibly take the belt off Moxley? I think it's possible. I mean, Omega's pretty big in terms of the the, um, the internet fan base, but I don't know. I mean, Mox is going to take some time off at some point because obviously Renee is pregnant. I don't know right. if you've heard that news. Yeah. But yeah, um, so I don't know if they take the title off this soon or maybe they're going to work it down maybe a couple of months of a feud and then take it off of them. Do you really think, though... The way that AEW operates, it's a little bit differently than WWE. WWE has got a three-hour Monday show, an NXT show, a SmackDown show that's two hours, all the extra stuff on the network. There's a ridiculous amount of content that has to be put up there, so you need to have your champions all active. But AEW, like, I've seen I've seen Moxley just, like, disappear for a couple of weeks. That, that, they can give him some time off without taking the belt off him. Do you really think they need to take the belt off him? They might not have to. Yeah, I mean... I mean they, she's a wrestling chick. She's been around the business. She's, she's going to be okay with the fact that, like, he takes off two weeks and then he's like, I got to go do a show and I'll be back in 48 hours. Yeah. You know? I mean, they could probably do that. Yeah, I mean, them being just one day a week, uh, four pay-per-views a year once every, like, three to four months... Uh, and then no like live shows, like house shows, no touring shows. And that you, that, that you can really, you do can't that really do anyway. that anyway. You, you, here's the thing. This is one of those rare instances where you really don't need to take the belt off him. Yeah. If he's going to take a break. Good I point. Mean, think about it this way. The band Weezer. This is my best way that I can kind of like convey this. They, they're a touring band. that has been around now for what? 30 years, uh-huh. 30 years. They've been around this band. Okay. And they don't play anything except weekend shows now. Because they have families and they promised them they would only do weekend shows. So you can never see Weezer on a weekday anymore. They only do weekend shows. And most of the time they bring the family with them. The way that wrestling is right now, especially with AEW and you can't do all these things in front of fans, he can go do stuff, still be an active champion and doesn't need to be there every day while he has a newborn. I don't think he's going to sit at home for two years. You know, dads want to get out of the house after a while. You know, Mike, I'm going to tell you this right now. Dads want to get out of the house. You spend a little bit of time at home. You look at the baby. You go, yeah, looks like me. And then you move on. And you're like, get me out of this house. I don't like changing diapers. I'm sick of up, getting up in the middle of the night. I want to go out with my boys on the road, drink beers. And then uh, you can send me pictures on my phone. I don't think he gives up the belt because I don't think he needs to take off six months. Yeah, and I like the fact that both Jericho and now Moxley have been long-reigning champions, too. They're not playing hot potato with the championship, and that makes the championship mean more in the long run. And AEW actually is doing their dynamite with a few fans, but they're really, really scattered out throughout the little outdoor venue that they've got. The only people that are really close to the ring are, like, the other wrestlers that are, like, around the ring cheering and stuff like that, or extras, you know, or enhancement talents or whatever. But, yeah, I mean... You're right. There's not a lot of fans around. And um, yeah, it makes perfect sense for Moxie. Maybe just take two to three weeks off, you know, be with Renee once the baby's born and all that. Be there for her and do his one show a week and then go back home. Now, now one other counterpoint to this, though. Today in Chicago, the first plane full of doses of this first vaccine, and there's three or four of them now that have tested that they work well, landed in O'Hare Airport. So where we are right now, as we enter December is going to be very different when we enter March. And you know that everybody from major league baseball to Vince McMahon with WrestleMania is, is at least developing a plan 
for what happens if the vaccine rolls out and the world opens up by the time we get to the end of February into March. So you can give a guy a break because you want him to also come back to the big pop when he regains the title, when you finally have fans back in the stands. But the, the planning has to be at this point that this, there is a light finally at the end of the tunnel where things are going to return to normal. So they also have to start the plan for that as well. So it's going to be intriguing because I think things are going to get really ramped up very quickly because you're going to all of a sudden see they want people back in the stands because they're going to start making money. So the moment you have a certain amount of people that have been issued the vaccine and it's basically, hey, if you don't have the vaccine, it's your own fault for not going out for going out there and putting yourself at risk and they open up things again, they're going to want to open up. Major League Baseball is going to open up. They're planning a full 162 game season that starts at the end of March. So everybody's planning on this right now. I'm sure wrestling is doing it as well. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that, that title. Yeah. The next few months will be very big in terms of the vaccine and and whatever else happens and develops over time. Yes, I agree. And now let's head to uh, WWE Uh, on raw. We'll talk a little bit about some of the raw stuff from last week. Um, Looks like they're building toward Randy Orton and The Fiend, which I really, really like. I mean, Randy Orton and Bray have wrestled before, but I think now with The Fiend's new character and some of the new wrinkles, having twisted Alexa Bliss as part of the whole Firefly Funhouse, I think this is really, really cool. It's going to be a great little feud. Looks like they're going to be having a match at TLC, which is, I believe is December the 20th. And uh, that's going to be very exciting. They actually had a semi-cinematic match before... Cinematic matches were the in thing. This was back 2017. They had a House of Horrors match where Orton and Bray fought all over this random, like, dilapidated house. And in fact, I believe, if I recall, Bray threw a refrigerator on Randy. So uh, <laughs> it can get a little crazy with those two. And now with the whole Fiend gimmick, going to be interesting to see where they go with that. Well, I would love to see uh, Five Feet of Fury standing on top of a ladder at TLC after everything goes dark and the lights come back on and she appears on the top of the ladder and comes off at a huge height and lands on Randy. That would be, I would love a massive table turn like during the match and let her show off because she's one of those, those wrestlers that no matter how diminutive her size is, is able to pull off the big spots against bigger wrestlers. She's taken on some pretty big female wrestlers before. Nia Jax. If you put her in a position where she can make herself into a weapon for one good spot, that could be like a bring down the house type moment. It would be awesome. I think they would, if they had actual fans, it'd be a huge pop, but the, the Thunderdome will pop for it for sure. Yes. Yeah. So that's going to be cool. And also on raw, they set up a three way number one contenders match for Drew McIntyre's championship. Now, Drew has the title back, if you didn't realize it. He regained the title from Randy just before Survivor Series, so he ended up having the match with Roman Reigns at Survivor Series instead of Randy, which I thought was an interesting kind of turn of things to have Randy hold the title maybe for three or four weeks and then give it back to Drew, who I thought was doing a great job as champion. But yeah, Drew McIntyre's next challenger will come from among Keith Lee, AJ Styles or Riddle. Yeah, they're calling him Riddle now rather than Matt Riddle. Vince McMahon with dropping the names. I don't know why he does it. He loves it. to do that. Yeah. He wants those one-word names. Cesaro. There's another reason. Not Antonio Cesaro. Cesaro. Right. Well, it's almost like he may, he doesn't believe that a guy with a name, like a first and last name, is a believable wrestler. Like he believes that it makes you into a jobber the moment you use your full name. He hates that. He really, really hates that. 
But yeah, I'm looking forward to that match. I mean, any one of those three would be a great, credible challenger for Drew. Uh, I would love to see Keith Lee. I'm a big Keith Lee mark. Uh, big guy, just moves around like a cruiserweight, powerful guy. AJ Styles and Drew would be awesome. AJ can wrestle a broomstick and bring a five-star match. And Riddle's got the kind of that unique style about him with the, some of the strikes and the MMA uh, stuff that he does. And I thought his match with, um, I believe it was Sheamus, I, I, it was a qualifying match for the triple threat, was a terrific match. And I actually enjoyed watching Sheamus wrestle in that match. And, I mean, no offense to Sheamus, his matches can be a little boring and formulaic. I've never been a fan of his. His never. Match, yeah, his, I mean, I, I've just never been a fan. I've never said to myself, I can't wait for this Sheamus match. <laughs> I can't, like, never. Never in any pay-per-view, never in any moment of his career have I ever sat there and said, oh, here comes this match that has Sheamus in it. Never once. Never, ever once. Yeah, he's kind of a formulaic guy, you know. But I thought Riddle really brought it out of him in this match. You go back, watch this match. I, I, I even commented to myself after watching, like, that's the best Sheamus match I've ever seen. That is a low bar, my friend, but I'm glad he achieved it for Bar! You. <laughs> Him and all should get back together and raise the bar. Oh, brutal. <laughs> Just brutal. All right, let's so shift over to SmackDown, and now it looks like Kevin Owens is getting the next shot at the head of the table, Roman Reigns. Uh, Owens and Jey Uso had a main event on SmackDown, hard-hitting fight. Um, Owens won by DQ when Jey Uso uh, took a chair to him. Uh, they're kind of still building up Roman as that strong heel. I, I Again, I, I think he's really found his voice as a heel. Um, I really enjoy his character. The, the freedoms that he seems to have with the promos with Paul Heyman. Um, the interplay with his brother Jey Uso. There's a lot of layers there. And then when Jimmy gets healthy again, what will he do on a regular basis once he gets back with the bloodline? Will he side with them? Will he go out on his own? I mean, there's so many possibilities. And Owens in the ring, I think, is terrific. I think him him and Roman will be a good match. I, I, I see that happening at TLC as well. And I think that they'll verbally spar very well with each other. Yes. And where I say that I don't like any Sheamus matches, I've always been a Kevin Owens mark. And it's weird for me that I to, to say that because I know that it, it, he's not your prototypical wrestler, and yet there's something about him that I've always just enjoyed watching. Maybe it's because he likes to use a, a variation of the Bam Bam Bigelow move where you go into the corner and it's like the somersault into the guy. Remember mm-hmm. that? Like he uses cannonball. that Cannonball. Yeah. The cannonball, yeah. yeah. He uses that move. And I just, I, I, I remember that from back when I was playing my WWE video game as a child. It's one of my favorite. I used to love to wrestle with Bam Bam on the video game just because of that move. So maybe that's how I became a Kevin Owens mark. I'm not sure. Nice. Yeah. Really, really enjoy Kevin Owens. He's a full package. I don't want to say total package because they don't contra Lex Luger thoughts, but yeah, he's, uh, he's... I don't think you could confuse those two guys. No. Physique-wise, they're yeah, very Yeah, no, different. you can't. No. <laughs> the huge difference physique-wise, but I get Kevin Owens is a man of my heart because, you know, we're similar physique-wise. But <laughs> anyway, anyhow, uh, Sami Zayn, the Intercontinental Champion on SmackDown, he defeats Daniel Bryan by countout. This looks like it's going to be a gimmick with him now where he beats guys cowardly by running around and beating them back to the ring by count out. He, he beat Apollo Crews the same way a couple weeks ago. And then, you know, I guess it's going to be his thing to try to keep the title. 
has a little thing backstage with Big E. Big E comes up and says um, he wants to challenge him, it sounds like. He, he puts his hat in the ring. So maybe we'll see an Intercontinental title match, and maybe we'll see a title switch. Maybe we'll see the big man get a singles title after all those years with New Day. I think that's going to be fun if that happens. Were you surprised that Sammy ends up in a title picture holding a belt after the way he acted early on in the COVID thing where he just basically relinquished his belt, disappeared, and refused to work? Like I, Vince McMahon and WWE have always felt very vindictive to me, but they didn't, they didn't waste too much time. I mean, if you think about it in the long run, the fact that he's already got a belt and he's part of a storyline with a championship belt is surprising to me because there was an awful lot of backstage heat on him and the way that he just abandoned the company when everybody else was willing to walk in. And that's not a judgmental thing because I know everybody deals with this disease in a different Roman way. Roman Reigns took time off too. I understand that, but I mean, Roman's always been like a best buddy of the right. McMahons. Right. I didn't think a Sami Zayn was going to survive that. You know? I mean, yeah. I thought he might stick around, but I didn't think he'd be walking around with the Intercontinental belt. Kind of like Zelina Vega getting cut. Right. And AJ Styles also doesn't like the whole Twitch thing. Right, but they're going to put up with AJ, but they're going to get rid of Zelina. Like, yeah. I, I kind of felt like he was closer to a Zelina than an AJ or a Roman. But obviously, they're big fans of Sami Zayn where he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, he's he's done great heel work. And, and, and when he turned heel a couple years ago, I'm like, this is never going to work. He's a white meat baby face. Oh, he's an annoying heel. But he heel. has proved me wrong. Yeah, but he's and a, I love it. He's just an obnoxious, like, nails on chalkboard heel. I he hate can, those kind of He can of be. He can oh. be, yes. Yeah, he is. Not he, totally going to disagree with you there. Yeah, it's yeah. brutal. Mm -hmm. But still better than Seamus. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, also on SmackDown, we had Murphy defeating King Corbin, which... We had, like, the, the Mysterio family members. I would every, be King Corbin right now. Yeah, the, the Mysterio <laughs> family members would distract Corbin in every turn. Almost like they were acting heelish in this case. And King Corbin's one of the biggest a-hole heels in WWE. So, you almost felt sorry for the guy. King Corbin. <laughs> it's like, like, it could, like, Baron Corbin wasn't stupid enough. Then he wins King of the Ring. And how long has it been? He's been King Corbin now for, like, three years or something like that. I don't know if it's been that long, it but feels it like seems forever. Like He's been it. walking around yeah. as the king forever. <laughs> it's getting a little He old. was Constable Corbin last year. Constable Corbin. <laughs> so stupid. When is Vince going to drop all of them and just call him Corbin? It's coming It's coming. Soon. It's coming. Probably next year sometime. <laughs> yeah. And then um, one note we really didn't get touch upon with Trevor Blanchard last week with the Survivor Series talk, which we didn't have a ton of time to talk about. No, because Trevor likes to talk. <laughs> Trevor talks a lot. Yeah, he was, you asked Trevor, he was fun. Go back and listen to that just to listen to Mike ask one question and get a 12-minute answer on a 30-minute <laughs> podcast. Go back and listen. And I'm not saying the answers are bad, and I enjoyed listening to them, but man, Easiest interview you could you could walk in with two questions in your head and Trevor's going to cover 30 minutes of a podcast with no problem whatsoever. Yeah. He fills it up. <laughs> <laughs> He's like those NBA guys oh you my say goodness. they fill it up. They, this, Tre <laughs> Trevor Blanchard could fill it up. Yeah, he does. <laughs> uh Seth Rollins. Uh we didn't get to talk about Seth from Survivor Series. He took a boot from Sheamus. Got knocked out. He was the first guy eliminated in the five-on-five -five elimination match. He basically gave himself up. He sacrificed himself for the greater good. And I think now we see him disappear to uh, be with Becky Lynch as Becky Lynch gives birth. Yeah, I think child. it's about that time now for yeah. all that. Right, yeah. But like, and, but like I said, he could take a little bit of time and go back. Look, all these guys, these first-time parents, 
All right. I, I, they're all excited. They're like, oh, I'm a first time parent. I can't wait to be with the kid. Can't wait to be with the kid. I'm going to love him and hug him and kiss him and everything else like that. And you're like two weeks in, you're like, I am so sick of diapers. She yells at me all the time. And this is miserable. I'm going back on the road. I yeah, can't wait people. to get away then. Yeah. yeah you're not, then you're <laughs> running. You're, you, all you want is some nice pictures, prove you're there, make sure he knows that you're the dad, and get out. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see. You're going to see Seth very, very soon. They had some really nice pregnancy pictures with Seth and Becky, by the way. Really, right. really cool. Right. Uh, I don't know if you saw them or not. Really, thumbs up. Really good job by the photographer on those. Uh, let's head on to NXT TakeOver you, you War know, Games. Hold on a second. Before you go any further, like the way you said that, that always piqued my interest. Like, in no way was I interested in looking at pregnancy photos with Seth and Becky. But the way that you just said that was like something spectacular occurred in these pictures. They were nice pictures. Like, is she coming off the top rope with a big pregnant belly? Like, what do these pictures no, look like? No, no. I mean, you're, you're common kind of cutesy, artsy pregnancy pictures, you know. You're just a big Seth fan holding of holding her You're just a big fan of the cutesy and... pregnancy pictures, huh? Perhaps, yeah. Oh, you got a soft side. Yeah. All right. I'm a really soft person. Obviously. <laughs> anyway. You anyhow, and <laughs> NXT TakeOver War Games is this weekend, Sunday night, December 6th, WWE Network. And that should be a lot of fun. Two traditional War Games matches. We have the men's match with the Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong, Bobby Fish, taking on Team McAfee, Pat McAfee, Pete Dunne, and the NXT Tag Team Champions, Danny Burch and Oni Larkin. Should be a whole lot of fun. This past week on NXT television, they had the advantage match where Pete Dunne defeats Kyle O'Reilly with, for the briefcase. So basically, now the heels will have the man advantage once they go. The, after the first five minutes, the next competitor will be coming out from Team McAfee. Then the next guy a few minutes later from the Undisputed Era, and then McAfee will take another one man advantage and so on until everybody's into the match. So, yeah, obviously the heels usually always win that advantage. I don't remember ever seeing the baby faces win it. No, because it would make no sense. The heels are supposed to win that. Yeah. Some matches are designed for the baby faces to always be behind the eight ball until they come back and win. Yeah, it's a very predictable formula, yeah. and you can already say who's going to win the match right off the bat. And who would have thought the Undisputed Arrow would be baby faces about a year or two ago? Now right. they are. Exactly. So. What a turn that is. And then the women's match, we have Team Shotzi, led by Shotzi Blackheart, Ember Moon, and two members to be determined, which I believe we know who they're going to be. And they're facing Team Candice, Candice LeRae, who's Johnny Gargano's wife, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Tony Storm, who turned heel this past week on NXT. Now, she was a big baby face. Everybody loved her. She turned on... Um, on Ember Moon this past week, and everybody thought, okay, Tony's going to be on, on Team Shotzi with Ember Moon, but that's not happening. Now it looks like Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley, who just fought for the NXT Women's Championship, will be joining Team Shotzi as well. It's kind of a sign of respect that they had recently. Then they both got beat up by Team Candice. So you kind of know where that's going. I think that's what you're going to get at War Games. It's going to be a lot of fun there. They haven't had their advantage match yet as of this recording, uh, I think we get that this week on NXT. So I'm uh, assuming Team Candice will be having that advantage. Uh, we'll see how that turns out, though, on uh, Wednesday night. Um, All right, here's nine, the deal. Eight, 
We're getting close seven, to the end of the show. Six, yes, we are. Five, are, you, are you, we got to wrap it here in three, about two minutes. You got two, you got good stuff. You ready to finish it off? A couple quick things, and then we have a guest to announce for next week. Yes, let's do it. Yeah. So um, basically, uh, for take takeover as well, we have Leon Ruff defending the North American Championship against both Johnny Gargano and Damian Priest in a triple threat match. Now, Leon is a newcomer to the company. He beat Gargano after an open challenge, and now he's the champion. He's kind of like that fluky champion. The belt doesn't even fit around his waist because he's so skinny. It's kind of a cool little storyline, and I'm looking forward to that continuing. And then uh, we have Dexter Loomis and Cameron Grimes in a traditional strap match. That should be a lot of fun. And I'm thinking it hasn't been announced yet, but we're going to get Tommaso Ciampa against Timothy Thatcher, which should be a hard-hitting good match. And then there's been no match, announced match yet for Finn Balor, who's the NXT champion, but he's still been banged up from his match with O'Reilly at NXT TakeOver 31, so he might get the night off. So we'll see what happens with that. You got so much, like I said, with WWE. You can just have a guy take like a, a week or two off. There's just so much that they're doing. It's absolutely insane. All right, we have a guest coming on next week. Yes, next week at this time. All right. Yeah. And it's related to NXT. She's a huge NXT fan, and I am so honored and privileged. Let me run it up the chain a little bit. She's been a frequent caller on Busted Open Radio. She's been on WWE's The Bump on WWE Network. I mean, this is big time here. And then she also has her own little show on Instagram and Twitter called The Hot Tag. Next week's guest on the Windy City Slam podcast Live from Orlando, Florida, Izzy. Izzy will be the guest next week on Windy City Slam. Val Capone and I, uh, we ran into her family at Full Sail last fall. Really, really cool family. There's a lot of good stuff we're going to talk about with Izzy. We're going to recap NXT TakeOver War Games and talk about what her goals are in professional wrestling as well. So very excited about this interview. You are explaining to me that our guest next week is younger than my daughter. Yes. Who's 15. Yes. I believe she's 12 or 13. 12 or 13. Yeah. And now she's doing the podcast circuit and popping up on, on wrestling shows. And she's training to become a wrestler. As and well. she's training to become a wrestler as yes. well. Good for her. Yes. That's, that's awesome. Well, it'll be, it'll be interesting to have that conversation and I'll have to tone down my language a little bit. Yes, this has been Windy City Slam. <laughs> He's Mike Pankow. I'm Chris Lanuti. If you missed any of the live show, it is on demand across all podcast platforms. Be like, hey, Alexa, play Windy City Slam. And Alexa will play it for you. Man, I wish. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great right now? It's like, hey, Alexa, she just popped out from like around the Christmas tree down here in the basement. Just screaming because my name. <laughs>